you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant. Still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. Good show for you coming up today. I should say great show, right? Let's just let's just go to the moon on this. Great show for you coming up today on this Monday. As always, joined by producer Justin and the specialist, a cast of dozens uh, that help us get ready for this show. And joined on screen by my pal Michael F. Florio, flying the Bills colors today. This is a big one for your guys tonight. This is bigger than I had ever anticipated it would be. I mean, if they lose, <laughs> they fall to seventh. If they win, they're in a four-way tie for first. Like, it is it is a massive game, and it doesn't make it any better that it is against a team that for the last two decades has dominated you, and then you think it's finally over, and they're like, not so fast. So, uh, I've... Uh, I've talked a lot about this game uh, this week, talked a lot of uh, maybe a little bit of trash, so I am <laughs> I'm pumped for this one tonight, Marcus. Well, we will uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. By the way, this is like the next couple weeks. There's a chance for the Bills to really like slay some demons, right? Because they've got they've got the Patriots tonight, so there's you know Belichick and the Patriots on tap. Next week they've got the Bucks, so like as a chance to take down Tom Brady. So there's a whole lot of chance for for some Bills redemption in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure you're you know I'm sure it's just relaxing. It's not a big deal at all. I'm sure. Yeah, and then they get the Patriots two weeks after that. This next month is it's great <laughs> because the other three games they have left are very winnable but those three games are going to decide everything i think so uh yeah won't won't be a relaxing month but uh, <laughs> at least the bills are finally playing meaningful football late in the season right until a couple years ago this was uh something i only dreamed of exactly so you know it's 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 a step forward it is progress uh for the franchise uh we got a lot to do though on the show today we will take you through some key week 13 injuries we'll help you spruce up your roster for the fantasy playoffs and as i mentioned we will talk about that big monday night game between the bills and the patriots but first let's start as we always do with some fantasy headlines we'll start in carolina where the panthers on Sunday announced that they had fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. He has been replaced uh, by Jeff Nixon, who's just an offensive assistant. 
Um, and you said you looked him up, uh, Florian. He has no, no history of calling plays, but he does have a history uh, with Matt Rule, so that probably applies into it a little bit. But for fantasy purposes, I mean, this was a team that started the season hot. It has all fallen apart. They have switched quarterbacks a couple of times. Um, right now, it feels like the only usable piece is DJ Moore. And so what does this mean? Do we have any idea what this change means for DJ Moore? I, I don't envision it being a good change for DJ Moore and the Carolina Panthers passing game. I mean, after the move, Matt Rule said, like, last week we wanted to run the ball 33 to 35 times, and we only rushed it 23 times. So with with Nixon having a history of working under Matt Rule, I'm guessing Matt Rule's going to get what he wants. So I'm envisioning this Panthers team running a lot more, which means good things for Cam Newton, I think, uh, Chuba Hubbard as well. But, I mean, people were getting excited about Amir Abdullah as a pass catcher. DJ Moore as the wide receiver one there. I think you still hold on to those guys just until we see. But I think you could get away with potentially benching them depending on your options. I mean, this is definitely a fall from where we were at the start of the year. Uh, when so many of us were so excited about DJ Moore, we thought Robbie Anderson could be a thing. We were obviously hoping and expecting uh, that the Christian McCaffrey was going to be there all year long. Uh, so they're on a bye this week, and you look at the schedule the rest of the way. So they've got the Falcons right out of the bye, which is a pretty good, pretty good matchups. Uh, then they got the Bills, the Bucks, and the Saints. So it looks really bleak in terms of trying to start any Panthers the rest of the way. Uh, this has kind of been a lost year for them, unfortunately, and I guess for us in fantasy, if you had any any Carolina Panthers on your team, not a, not a great year. Um, in New York, Daniel Jones dealing with a neck injury that is likely to keep him out for multiple weeks. Mike Glennon got the start on Sunday. The Giants looked pretty awful. Uh, not really a major surprise. But uh, Saquon Barkley has been struggling lately. We've got Mike Glennon at quarterback. We've got a group of pass catchers that have been super inconsistent. Can we start any Giants at this point? Uh, I, I think it's Saquon Barkley, and that's it. And Saquon is still, even at this point, he's not an RB1. He's more of an RB2, especially because Mike Lennon suffered a concussion this past week. So he might be getting Jake Fromm making his first NFL start next weekend. That That's a big downgrade. The only thing to hang your hat on with Saquon is yesterday he saw a team-high nine targets. And I would expect whether it's Glennon or Fromm next week under center for the Giants, we're going to get a lot of dump-offs to Saquon Barkley. I think that keeps him as an RB2, but no way am I trusting any of the receivers or Evan Ingram, especially with no Daniel Jones. It just, it's been bad. Uh, I think it's, what did I see, I believe, this morning, that there hasn't been a Giants running back or wide receiver score a touchdown since before Halloween. I believe it was October 24th was the last time. Uh, one of the wide receivers or running back scored a touchdown for the Giants. Brutal. Uh, yeah, that's... And, and this doesn't make it any better. And they, they signed Kenny Galladay to be a touchdown scorer and have been trying to force the ball to him, and, and it just hasn't worked. Has not worked at all. Uh, bad news in Minnesota. Adam Thielen left the game, the loss against the Detroit Lions, with an ankle injury. It is being called right now a high ankle sprain. The Vikings' next game is going to be on Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it looks very unlikely for Thielen to be ready for that game. So with him out, is it an easy pivot to K.J. Osborne, or, or do you look somewhere else maybe? 
Uh, it wouldn't be an easy pivot to KJ Osborne. I, I, I'm thinking that you might have a better candidate on your bench, but if not, I think Osborne is in play at the very least as a flex option. He had seven targets this past week. I also think it bodes well for Tyler Conklin, the tight end there in Minnesota. He had nine targets. We know that he can be used in the red zone as well. And I think it's a little bit easier to trust a tight end here than a uh, a wide receiver if you're going a little bit deeper. So I prefer Conklin, but I think Osborne's in play as a flex option as well. I know that uh, on Friday's NFL Fantasy Live, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew had Tyler Conklin as a start, and he ended up having a pretty good game, seven catches for 56 yards. We'll certainly take that out of a tight end that you were probably streaming. Uh, Osborne, you mentioned seven targets, did have four catches for 47 and a touchdown, so you know, good but not great, but also feels like it's going to be hard to sustain that even without Adam Thielen. Uh, and, you know, against a Steelers defense that has its moments, I guess. Uh, they're not playing great football, but, you know, they did get a win, uh, and they're they're hanging in there. So so we'll see how we're, that goes. We're probably uh, so, going to see infinite targets to Justin Jefferson. I it's mean. probably that, – that I think is the real answer, right? Justin Jefferson just eats a lot. Uh, maybe some Alexander Madison, too. I think that's kind of how this offense shakes out now without Thielen. Uh, a couple other injuries of note. Actually, a handful of injuries uh, of note. Joe Burrow uh, injured his finger. It was looking kind of gnarly, but he says he doesn't plan to miss any time. He's going to try to play through it. Uh, finger injuries apparently are the hot thing right now for quarterbacks around <laughs> the league. Uh, I would try to not do that, but yeah, that's just me. Uh, Miles Sanders was having a really nice day for the Philadelphia Eagles, but then re-injured his ankle, ended up leaving in the fourth quarter. We saw uh, a lot more Boston Scott. We saw a lot of Kenny Gainwell uh, on Sunday as well, so we'll monitor the ankle injury for Sanders. Tyrod Taylor has possible torn ligaments in his wrist, uh, so we'll see what happens there. It could be a Davis Mills game this week for the Houston Texans, so that's uh, another thing to monitor. Tyron also not, did not play well on Sunday, which sort of attributed to him going to the bench uh, later as well. A couple of season-ending injuries as well. Kenyon Drake uh, has a broken ankle. He is done for the year. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. And then Logan Thomas suffered a knee injury against the Raiders. It is believed to be a torn ACL and MCL. Uh, so certainly his season is over for the Washington football team. So uh, all some things of note. We'll certainly touch on some of those uh, today and probably on Wednesday as well as uh, we get a little bit closer to game time. Uh, in the meantime... Time for an uh, issue of an issue, an addition. How about that? Of things we learned where we talk about some of the stuff that we figured out after watching games on Sunday and how we apply it to our fantasy lives. So what is a new thing for you, Florio? I, I learned that Elijah Moore is a weekly must-start option. And he was trending that way, but then last week he had his worst game since his uh really since he broke out and that was his first game that he played entirely with Zach Wilson so there was concerns like can Zach Wilson be as good for Elijah Moore as Joe Flacco and Josh Johnson and and Mike White were which is crazy to say but then we saw him have a 20 point game yesterday and since week 7 after the Jets bye he's been averaging over 8 targets per game with at least 6 targets in every game giving you nearly 18 fantasy points per game 3 times his top 20 and he's done it again with 4 different quarterbacks so and his worst game in that span is just 9 fantasy points every other game in double digits so he brings the a very safe floor, I would say. We've been seeing the upside as well. I think Elijah Moore at this point is just someone that you leave in your starting lineup and you don't take him out, especially because it was a tough matchup against uh, Philly yesterday and it didn't matter. 
Yeah, I mean, they. I keep going back to the fact that they said a few weeks ago that they didn't want to try to force the issue with Elijah Moore, but uh, maybe they aren't. Maybe it just is happening naturally. That's fine. Maybe they should just work on trying to get him the ball more uh, and get, get him more involved in the offense because he's one of the few bright spots that they got right now there in New York. Uh, for me, I am worried about the Ravens' offense. It has not been great over the last few weeks. Uh, and, you know, in addition to that, Lamar Jackson has been sort of mediocre at best. I mean, his last three games that he's played, he's had fewer than 18 fantasy points. He did miss a game in there as well. Uh, but it just has not been very good for this team. They're struggling to score 20 points right now. And even when you look at Lamar's rushing totals, they are for Lamar Jackson, pretty pedestrian. I mean, he's he's giving you about you know, anywhere between 30 to 50 yards, which, again, if that was any other quarterback, you'd be excited about that. When it's Lamar Jackson, you start to wonder what's happening. And so this is a, a team that uh, is not doing a whole lot offensively. Uh, we've seen Rashad Bateman kind of fall out of favor. Devontae Freeman's still actually giving you a little bit of production. But uh, beyond that, it has been been very, very rough. Uh, I don't know if anybody has talked about, you know, dropping Lamar. I know we get sometimes some some panicky uh, questions, but, uh, you know, if Boyle was talking about draft or dropping him, we at least have to talk about the fact that he's just not being productive right now. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't drop Lamar. I, I'm disappointed with Mark Andrews as of late, but I'm still starting him pretty much every week because tight end. Marquise Brown, uh, I think, is the other piece of that pass game that you could start the rest. I don't even want to roster anyone really on this team. It's And it's wild to say that the most productive Raven, Marcus, has been Devonta Freeman. Like, right. <laughs> I, I did not see that one coming. No. Uh, I mean, look, this was a season that we, we thought was going to be the J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards year. And now we have uh, been forced to kind of go with Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray. Uh, not what we expected. Certainly not what the Ravens expected. But uh, but here we are. All right. Time to take a quick break. But when we return, we're looking at top performers and biggest disappointments of week 13. Find out which Bengals wide receiver we are trusting down the stretch. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Take a look at some of the top performers for Week 13. Kyler Murray, welcome back. Uh, your QB1 with uh, nearly 31 fantasy points. Taysom Hill got you nearly 21 fantasy points, despite not really playing all that well, but he's your QB6. Javante Williams has the breakout day we've been waiting for for about three months now. Gets you a 29.8 to make him the RB1. Josh Jacobs, your RB4 with 24 points. Sony Michelle getting a little extra work because Daryl Henderson was less than 100%. Uh, he's your RB6. Seven, just under 22 points. Justin Jefferson continuing to ball out 35 fantasy points, 35.6 to be exact, to make him the wide receiver one. T. Higgins, your wide receiver four, 28.8. Russell Gage gets you 22 to be wide receiver eight. George Kittle having a monster day, 39.6 fantasy points. He's your tight end one. And Dallas Goddard with a big day, 28.5. He is your tight end two. But let's dive into some of these guys, notably T. Higgins, who uh, you saw had the really nice day for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Jamar Chase has been, you know, less than you know from the start of the season. And maybe it's because he was so great at the start of the year that now we look at this as like, what's at, what's happening with Jamar Chase? But uh, is T. Higgins now the guy that you want to be starting from this Bengals offense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we we'd seen it early on when they were both out there on the field that T. Higgins was the preferred option in the red zone, but now it's just looking like he is the preferred option. Like in games, they've both been healthy. Shout out to Mike Clay. Uh, I know he was the one who put this out there first yesterday on Twitter. Like, Tegans has more targets, more usage. Uh, to me, I, I think Jamar Chase is still in play. Like, I, I had a friend of mine who was texting me over the weekend. He's freaking out about his fantasy team. And I was like, look, it's not going great for you, but you still have a player like Jamar Chase that I think you have to start each week because it only takes one or two catches for this guy to have a day. But his worst game in his last five games would be, I mean, his best game in his last five would be his worst game in the first seven weeks of the season. So he has been anything but what we were hoping for as of late. I think T. Higgins is the top wide receiver here, but I still think Jamar Chase, because of his upside, is in play each week. Just the, the ceiling for Chase is so high, yeah. and that's that's why you put him in your lineup. But uh, T. Higgins starting to kind of take the role that I think a lot of people anticipated for him at the start of the year. I mean, uh, yeah, Higgins was kind of the known quantity, and I know we like Chase because he was the new thing with the, with plenty of upside, but uh, Higgins kind of settling into that wide receiver one role right now. Teams are, are scheming to take Jamar Chase out. And Tyler Boyd, uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but, but has been just kind of a non-factor for the most part uh, for the Bengals lately. Uh, Kyler uh, Murray. Uh, we talked oh, about Kyler. Say he had a he had a three one lead on those summer reports, but they're coming back. <laughs> they are they're coming back. I mean, it was like he was up twenty eight to three early on, and now it's uh, this thing might go to overtime for him. Uh, Kyler Murray, who uh, who had a really nice day in his return uh, and a big win against the Chicago Bears. Uh, do you do we think he will continue to run as well as he did yesterday? He had two rushing touchdowns last year. We saw him kind of slow down after a shoulder injury. Is this how it's going to be? Was this just like a one-time thing? How are we feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty encouraged right now. He had season highs across the bar the board in carries, yards, and in the, the rushing touchdowns. And it was his first game back off of an injury. It wasn't ideal weather conditions out there. It was a slick field, so. Potentially, it was just because, hey, no one could catch him on that wet field. But I, I think if you have Kyler Murray right now, you have to be encouraged because he looked healthy. He was running great, the best we've seen him run all game, all year. And the schedule going forward is pretty favorable. Yeah, no, I, I, the schedule is very great. And, uh, you know, at this point, we are long past the part of worrying about matchups with Kyler Murray, right? Like, we're going to get yeah. him in the lineup. We just want we just want to know if he's going to run the ball as much as he has in the past because that certainly takes him to another level in terms of what his production can be. But we have seen him throw the ball effectively. We know he's got a lot of pass catchers. Uh, but it is just a matter of, you know, do we get those extra hidden Konami yards from Kyler Murray? But he's going to be great. I have no worries about him. He's going to be next year. I'm sure, again, one of the top three to five quarterbacks off the board in most fantasy leagues, so uh, all is well there. Uh, Josh Jacobs is your RB4 as of this moment, heading into Monday Night Football. Kenyon Drake, as we mentioned, uh, left the game early with a broken ankle. He is done for the year, so uh, this reverts maybe heavily to Josh Jacobs again, although, he, you know, weird thing, he was getting more targets. He was having about a 15 or 16% target share over the last month or so, uh, about double what Kenyon Drake was seeing, so maybe things are already starting to turn. Um, are we higher on Josh Jacobs now with no Kenyon Drake in this offense? 
Yeah, for sure. And, and I've been a low guy on Josh Jacobs for basically two years now because I'm like, he doesn't catch enough passes. And in a PPR league, which NFL.com leagues are, that's what you need. But that started to change. Like yesterday, yeah, career high, nine targets, nine catches. But that career high previously was seven, which he set two weeks ago. So he has been seeing more consistent usage in the passing game. Does he turn it into a lot of yards? No. But when you get <laughs> seven free points or nine free points off of catches alone, you're going to have a good game. You're likely going to finish as an RB1. So I think if you have Josh Jacobs right now, you should be feeling pretty good. He is definitely trending up, in my opinion. I mean, it, it is the thing that we have been asking for since he was drafted by the Raiders is get him involved in the passing game. We know that he can be productive there. We saw it when he was in college. And for whatever reason, uh, John Gruden never did it. Now maybe it's starting to change with the change in play caller. Maybe Greg Olson's going to start to get him more involved uh, in the passing game. You love to see it because we know that he can be a, a pretty consistent running back. Uh, we just want him to catch the football because that is, uh, again, it's sort of like Kyler Murray running. It's a chance for extra production, a chance to go to the next level um you know we can go round and round on the merits of ppr but as long as that's the world we live in let's find somebody who can take advantage of it so it seems that the, the raiders are starting to do that with uh, with jacobs all right so that was the good now it's time for the bad in what we like to call i'm salty where we uh, rant and rave about the guys who broke our hearts this week uh this was what we we Full disclosure, we have a little Slack channel between myself and, and Florio and producer Justin. We're on, on Sundays as games are happening. We sort of uh, talk about what we want to discuss on the show. This was one uh, you had a little fun with talking about this one. <laughs> uh, it's Boston Scott because coming into the week, we were like, Miles Sanders is a little banged up. Boston Scott's been getting more work. It is a great matchup against the Jets. The best matchup a running back could have. Boston Scott got a little sick, but he was like, no, I'm still going to play. He played three snaps. He did not have a touch. He did not score a fantasy point. And then he tried to have some fun with players, uh, with fantasy players. And, man, he does not know how to meme at all. You see here if you're watching on the video. <laughs> he he did the handshake meme, and on one side was beating the flu. On the other was getting cussed out in my mentions over fantasy, which, by the way, never do that. Don't be the Don't person do Stop sending that. mean messages to players and stuff. But then the thing they're agreeing on is the Eagles winning. And and there's no correlation at all between the three. Boston Scott, like, my man, you're a good football player. Stick to that. Like, like you, you shouldn't <laughs> be trying to think of your own memes because this is not how you do it. Yeah, I, you know, they. I, I would think that the, the Eagles have a social media person. Maybe Boston <laughs> should sit with them and, uh, you know, kind of figure out how the memes work because it was – Good job, good effort, but uh, but in the end, uh, the results were not were not great. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna stick though in Philadelphia when we talk about disappointment, and I'm gonna say Devonte Smith because I I thought this was a bounce back week for Devonte Smith against the Jets, and this was actually one of his worst games of the season. It was really a non-factor. Didn't see much of the ball. Only had a couple of catches. Didn't give you much in the way of yards. You see that there. Three and a half fantasy points this week from Devontae Smith in what seemed like a great matchup. But instead, it was Dallas Goddard getting all the work. And it was Kenneth Gainwell doing things that, uh, you know, and, and Miles Sanders having a big day on the ground. So Devontae Smith ended up being a not... And maybe we should have talked about this when Gardner Minshew uh, was getting the start that maybe it just wasn't going to work out early on for Devonte Smith. Maybe he'll get better, but uh, this one, this one, this one hurts a little bit <laughs> that Devonte Smith didn't play well this week. 
Yeah, a, a lot of people were in my mention saying they're cutting him. Do you think he's droppable after No, this? I don't think he's droppable at all. Keep him. Yeah, hold I, on to I him. Would hold it on was a bad him. game, but yes. Yeah, I'm holding on. Yeah, hang on. Hang on to Devontae Smith. It'll be fine. Just, yeah, you may just not be able to play him every week. So be it. Hey, it's the part of the show where I tell you you should follow us on TikTok. At NFL Fantasy, we are still dropping TikToks there, uh, I guess, pretty regularly. Uh, I should actually check myself. But uh, yeah, no, we're doing TikToks there. Trust me, we are. Uh, I'm also doing TikToks too, at Marcus Grant, so you can follow me there. Uh, Maybe I'll play the ukulele. Maybe I'll put on some sunglasses and dance. You never really know, so just uh, follow it and find out. Should be fun. Uh, All right, we are getting close to the playoffs. In fact, uh, we're about to start week 14, which... For a lot of leagues, will be the final regular season week in fantasy football before the playoffs start. So, much like uh, decorating your home or a tree for the holidays, we're going to help you spruce up your roster with some guys that you may want to pick up and stash and some guys that you might want to say goodbye to uh, at this point because maybe they're not going to help you all that much. So, uh, let's start with the guys that we may be picking up and either playing or stashing for the next couple of weeks. Uh, For you, who's a good name? Uh, for me, one of them is Marlon Mack, and uh, I, I have went out and added him myself in a few leagues. Every league that I have Jonathan Taylor in, I want to have Marlon Mack because, God forbid, anything was to happen to Jonathan Taylor. It's not going to be Naheem Hines getting all the volume behind him. Marlon Mack is going to get a lot of the groundwork. He'd be running behind that Colts O-line, etc. I think right now, this is the time of year where you want to have your top running backs handcuffs. And in the waiver wire article, Marcus, I started it by saying that and made a whole list of the handcuffs that I would roster right now. So go out and get your handcuff before it's too late. Well, I'll keep that theme going by saying Sony Michelle looks like a, a really good pickup, and he had the big game yesterday uh, against the Jaguars to sort of remind you of who he can be, but just as importantly, I mean, with Daryl Henderson less than 100%, uh, if you have Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle should be a guy you are targeting to add off the waiver wire, still available in uh, nearly 70% of NFL.com leagues, so he is widely out there. Uh, we know that if it comes down to it, he can be a workhorse. We saw it in the past in New England. England. We saw a little bit of it yesterday. So, uh, and, and look, who knows? Depending on how Sean McVay wants to work this for the next few weeks, Michelle might end up having some standalone value as well, but he should definitely be uh, on rosters at this point. Um, on the other side, guys that maybe it's time to say goodbye to, uh, who, are, who are you letting go now? This is a guy that I was excited about all year, but Rashad Bateman, like, it it just hasn't happened, right? Like, there was that stretch in the middle of the year where it was looking like it was going to happen, but then Lamar and the Ravens offense has been struggling. He's kind of fallen out of favor, getting playing a little bit behind, like, Sammy Watkins and Devin DuVernay. Uh, And at this point, with players like this, where you're waiting for the breakout to happen, you're now going to want to see it more than one game before you start him. So at this point, you're realistically never going to start Rashad Bateman. So all of those fringy guys on your roster you could get rid of because the buys are behind us now for the most part so I think you'd rather have your your handcuff running back or like a defense with a good matchup in the fantasy playoffs yeah this this does kind of hurt a little bit because we, we did have expectations for Bateman and he flashed a couple of times but yeah as I mentioned with the Ravens offense struggling it's it's certainly hard to get excited about that um similarly though when you talk about wide receivers that maybe aren't giving you much Tyler Boyd uh, and this is one that I, I came into the season drafting Boyd in a lot of spots because I felt like uh, he was going to give you similar production to maybe T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, uh, but at a much nicer draft price. And that hasn't really been the case. I mean, he's had a couple of decent games, but nothing's consistent, nothing sustained. Uh, Chase obviously had the huge start to the season. Higgins is starting to come on now. So you're going to sit there with Tyler Boyd on your roster, 
probably not starting him because you just can't trust that he's going to give you a good number. If you're going to use that roster spot, like we said earlier, you're better off using it on a running back, a guy that you know potentially could step in and get a, a lot of work in case a starter goes down. I, t- I think how I would rather use the, those spots for the next few weeks. So uh, as much as I was a fan of Tyler Boyd early in the season, uh, not so much now. Also, randomly, is this is this kind of the beginning of the end for Tyler Boyd as a fantasy option? It, it seems that way, right? Because Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are never going to go away. Like they're, if anything, they'll probably get more volume next year. So, yeah, like Tyler Boyd was someone I thought was really safe to draft this year, but next year I don't see myself having much interest at all. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's probably time to to move on from Tyler Boyd at least uh, in fantasy football. All right, time for another break. When we come back. We have some Winter Wonderland waiver wire options for you coming up. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We've got a look at the top waiver wire targets heading into week 14. It's compiled by Michael F. Florio. So please take us through your list, sir. And full disclosure, this is not a great list this week, but the top quarterback ad is still Taysom Hill. Uh, I know he didn't play great last week, but still gave you over 20 fantasy points and gets the Jets next week. He could run all over them. If you're going a little bit deeper at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, just because of favorable matchup the next couple of weeks. Garner Minshew, I know they're on by, but they didn't. They said they're not putting a firm timetable on Jalen Hurts returning. Uh, the top running backs are the same guys from last week because most of them were on by. So don't forget about Dontrell Hilliard, Deontay Foreman, Amir Abdullah, they're all available in over half of NFL.com leagues. And then Marcus, you were talking up Sony Michelle. I think he definitely needs to be rostered. Tevin Coleman has been the Jets' lead running back since Michael Carter's gone down. So go out and pick up Coleman if you need some depth at running back. Some receivers, Van Jefferson. Marcus and I do not understand this one. Why he is available in over half of NFL.com leagues. He shouldn't be. Devontae Parker came back, played pretty well. Uh, Russell Gage, I I mean, I was low on Russell Gage, but these last couple of weeks he has proven me wrong and has looked like a strong fantasy piece. Amon Ross St. Brown had the best game of his early career, caught the game-winning touchdown. Josh Reynolds continues to see consistent volume there for the Lions. And then at tight end, Cole Komet, he just continues to see consistent volume for the Bears. Gerald Everett, I know he had a bad game yesterday, but he is still the third target there for Seattle. And then Tyler Conklin with no uh, Adam Thielen, I think he sees more volume as long as Thielen is sidelined. So another tight end you can grab. Yeah, you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. We didn't mention the fact that the Lions won a game. Congratulations. Uh, they're not going to go winless this year. Uh, so they, they had it. Look, it, it was the most Lionsy win ever. They had a big lead. They coughed it up. They needed a last second drive and a, a walk off touchdown to, to win it. But it is a win. So congratulations to Dan Campbell and uh, the Lions and the people of Detroit. You guys deserve better. <laughs> I mean, kudos to Lions fans like for being there yesterday. Like, 
it's cold. Your team is not good. <laughs> like, you guys are real fans. You're real true fans. So congratulations to you uh, as much as to the team. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the guys, though, on that list. Let's talk about Gardner Minshew specifically because he came out and, and look, he had a good game. Uh, you know, on, on some levels, it's, yes, it was the Jets, but on the other other levels, like, hey, look, you know what? He went out and he had a good matchup and he took advantage of it. I mean, right now, before Monday Night Football, he is your QB 10. So that obviously led to a whole lot of stuff on the timeline about whether or not Gardner Minshew should be the Eagles' starting quarterback going forward, it seems sort of inevitable because that is what we do on Twitter. Blurg. Um, <laughs> for us, though, who would you rather have as the Eagles' QB1? Do we want Minshew mania or would we rather go back to Jalen Hurts? No question about it for me. I'd rather Jalen Hurts. Like yesterday in a slam dunk matchup, Minshew did play well and he gave us 18 and a half fantasy points, but Jalen Hurts gives us over 20 basically every week. We know what he could do with his legs. The people who want Garner Minshew are the people who were off Jalen Hurts and saying he was going to get benched and he's not an NFL quarterback, and they're sticking to their priors instead of being like, hey, Jalen Hurts isn't that bad and he deserves a shot. I, I think... For me personally, Marcus, I want to see Minshew go to another team and get another chance, but I also want to continue to see Jalen Hurts as a starter. If I have to pick one, it is easily Jalen Hurts for me. Same. I you know, I I want Jalen Hurts. I feel like he's still more dynamic. I feel like he, you know, is gonna get more guys involved. It was great to see Dallas Goddard have the big game. We talked about Devontae Smith though being uh, a disappointment. I think Hurts will sort of get a lot more of these guys involved. He still has that rushing upside. Um, I mean, look, we, we have sort of seen the Gardner Minshew show. And, you know, I know people pointed out that the weapons he had in Jacksonville maybe weren't as good as what he's working with in, in Philadelphia. But we also have kind of seen how this thing plays out. Uh, I think we're still not completely uh, sold on the Jalen Hurts experience. I don't think we've seen the, the final act of that yet. So I would like to see more. Um, I just don't understand it. Like, literally, I feel like the people in Philadelphia and the people in Miami hate their respective quarterbacks, so maybe they should just figure out a a swap that will make everybody happy. I don't know. Uh, It's weird to me. Um, (laughs) Samaj P. Ryan, uh, another guy. We talked about, you know, stashing guys. You know, you talked about Marlon Mack. I I talked about Sony Michelle. Uh, Does Samaj P. Ryan kind of rise to the level of a guy worth stashing for the next few weeks? I think so, because we've seen when Joe Mixon misses time, he is the next running back up. He'll get a good amount of volume. And those are the backup running backs that you want to roster. You don't want the guys like on the Chargers, like if Austin Eckler goes down, I cannot say with any confidence who the next man up is. But in a lot of teams, you can. That's why on my rosters, where I like I have Marlon Mack, and I have Benny Snell, and I have Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker, because... Every week, if there's a big waiver wire pickup, it's usually a running back, the backup running back on a team that starter got hurt. You don't want to be in that position in the fantasy playoffs. In case something happens to your starter, you already want the backup on your roster. So especially if you have Joe Mixon, definitely go out and get Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, we have seen Mixon in the past deal with injuries, and even this year. I mean, nothing that has been 
really long term or really serious, but you know, there's just those moments when you know, something happens. He rolls an ankle or, or something, and he has to go sit down for a little while. Uh, if one of those things, you know, not that we're wishing it, but if one of those things were to be serious and force him to miss time, uh, P. Ryan is a really nice option to slide in there. And and look, it's it's nothing new. Every year, there's one or two backup running backs who end up being impactful in the fantasy playoffs. Alexander Madison looks like he's going to slide into that role right now. Uh, there very well may be others before we crown some fantasy champions this year. Uh, all right, so if we are looking for our top waiver wire target, we have priority. We still somehow miraculously have a bunch of fab left to spend. Uh, who are we going after this week? If he is still out there, it would be Van Jefferson, who is only rostered in 36% of NFL.com leagues. That needs to go up dramatically. Like, last week he played 98% of the snaps and had nine targets. This week, eight targets, second on the team behind only Cooper Cup. He scored a touchdown. All three of the Rams receivers scored a touchdown. And what we've seen since Robert Woods has gotten hurt is that Van Jefferson is like, is that new number two receiver there and they are not taking off any of their three receivers off the field they are firmly using three receivers at all times so I love Van Jefferson if he's already rostered I think like Taysom Hill becomes one if you need a quarterback but mainly it would be your running back handcuff like I think it is that important to go out and get them this week I agree. Uh, like Van Jefferson is the guy that I, I I have been a Van Jefferson stan all year long. It's only you gotten have. stronger as the year has progressed. Um, you know, I had that moment. You know, when Robert when uh, when they they, they got o, Odell Beckham Jr. I was like, well, okay, so that's maybe the end of the Van Jefferson train for this year. And then unfortunately, Robert Woods gets hurt, and hey, we're back again. Uh, I'm just so surprised that other people haven't caught on. Like I just figured it would have been universal at this point. Um, Woods got hurt literally the day you were like, I, I think we have to be done with that. So it was like yeah. one afternoon you doubted him, was, and that was it. it was, you're right. It wasn't even a full 24 hours that I was <laughs> off the train. Like, uh, I was right back on pretty much immediately. So I would say, look, if if Van Jefferson is, you know, he's, I, for me, my top target. But if he's not there or you need help elsewhere, Sony Michelle uh, is the guy that, that I think you should go out and get. I talked about him a little bit earlier and what he means potentially for this offense. Even if Daryl Henderson is healthy, there's still potentially a, a chance for him to get opportunities. So, uh, needing knowing that you probably need running backs, or at least you want depth at running back, Sony Michelle should be a, a really nice thought for you uh, when you're making your waivers uh, in the next day or so. Uh, by the way, if you want more waiver wire talk or writing, whatever you want to say, uh, you can go check out Florio's column at nfl.com/waiverwire. Uh, he has already admitted that it's kind of a, a thin list this week. Uh, that makes me worried as I put together my list of sleepers. I'm not excited about what that's going to bring this week either because <laughs> it's week 14 and guys are hurt. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of hurting at both waiver and uh, sleeper options this week. Anyway, time to preview the Monday night football contest between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Should be a good one, certainly to watch, and, and has a lot of meaning both uh, in the AFC East, in the AFC at large as well. Uh, but let's talk fantasy here. Uh, the Patriots running back situation has become a mess recently. Uh, we, we love Damian Harris, but Ramondre Stevenson's starting to get involved. Brandon Bolden sprinkled in. So would you start a Patriots running back? Uh, look, if, if, if we're talking season long and you haven't done it, you're, you're probably stuck. But if you're putting together, say, a DFS lineup, would you start a Patriots running back? And if so, who would it be? I wouldn't want to. If I had to start any of them, I think I would go with Damian Harris if I was desperate. 
Uh, but what we've seen is is Harris and Stevenson split drives, and then Bolden get used on third down. And Mark, it's this week when I did my rankings. Well, coming into week thirteen, none of them were in my top twenty-five running backs, but they were all in my top thirty-five. So that's how bunched together I had all three of the Patriots running backs. I, you know, I would probably not do it myself. I mean, I, if I if I did pick one, I'm with you. It's Damian Harris because he's the guy I've been trusting all year long. But uh, because they are splitting time so equally, there just doesn't seem to be enough. And you really are counting on one of them scoring a touchdown to kind of put up a decent number. And on top of it, it's just not a good matchup uh, against this Bills run defense. I don't think I, I want really any parts uh, of this running game, at least not tonight. Maybe another week, but not tonight. Um, which gets us then to the Bills running game, which has been a headache pretty much all year long, uh, even more so now that Matt Breida seems to be in the mix. So same question, would you start a Bills running back? And if so, who would it be? I, I would not. Uh, this backfield makes the Patriots backfield look uh, pretty good for fantasy. Like <laughs> Matt Breida, I know he, he's had two big games in the last three weeks, but the one where he didn't score a touchdown, he had less than five fantasy points. And last week we were hearing reports that he could take over. And then Devin Singletary had more than twice as many touches as him. So uh, Singletary, we know Marcus isn't going to score a lot of touchdowns. So for me, it, it is tough. I'm starting Brita in a deeper league where I, I had some running backs hurt or on by. But if I have the choice and I can get away from this backfield, I'm going to do it every time. Uh, same. I just I can't figure this out. You know, like who knows what one of these guys may end up being a surprise healthy scratch today. Uh, you know, otherwise they, they may just spread the opportunities around. I'm with you. I have to start Brita in a league. I'm not all that thrilled about it. Um, you know, and the Patriots defense has been playing well. So there's there's just really no easy answers here. And you, you talk about how confusing this backfield is. Yeah, the, the Patriots. They look like the Browns by comparison. You know, it's just like, hey, we can. This seems much easier to figure out than what Buffalo's doing. Um, Especially, it's just bad. Josh Allen could lead them in rushing yards and touchdowns in any week, which only makes it harder to figure out. That that part too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last one here. We've got the two top touchdown scoring tight ends uh, in in the NFL. That's hard enough to say uh, between. Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry, they are separated by 0.1 fantasy points. Just a tenth of a point separates Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry. So between the two of them, who you got tonight? I would go with Dawson Knox only because he he seems a little bit safer. Like Not only do they use him a lot in the red zone, they use Hunter Henry a good amount in the red zone as well. But we've seen Hunter Henry is touchdown or bust. Dawson Knox will give you at least a couple of catches, some yardage. So I'm going to go with him. But both are also tough matchups for the tight ends. So I'll go Knox here. But it is very close, I would say. It's very close. I mean, again, they're, they're pretty much equal in fantasy points. But I'm going to go with Dawson Knox because I do feel like he has more of a role in the Buffalo passing game than Hunter Henry does. Henry, as you mentioned, uh, he almost has to find the end zone to give you any kind of decent production on a weekly basis. I still think that Knox, even if he doesn't score, can get you a handful of catches, puts up some decent yards, and then hopefully you get that bonus of the touchdown and you're feeling okay. So uh, I'm going to stick with, with Dawson Knox in this one. So um, I'd ask you your prediction. I'd ask you who, you, who I think is going to win, but I, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. Yeah, I know it seems biased from someone wearing a Bills hoodie, but I'm going to go with the Bills not only because it's in Buffalo, but it's bad weather. It's a big game. One quarterback has been in this situation before. One hasn't. So give me the guy who uh, 
who has done this before in this environment. I mean, this is this is like reminiscent of of the early '90s, right? Uh, maybe not with the Patriots so much, but the Bills, and it's it's bad weather, and it's potentially snowing in Western New York, and a team with playoff aspirations has to come in there and deal with that crowd and that team. Uh, I mean, this is this is days of like Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and and Andre Reid is kind of what it feels like. So uh, oh, this should be fun. It should be fun. I, I know I you're gonna be stressed out (laughs) one thing that has me worried Marcus and I don't think it's gotten enough coverage is this is the Bills first game in years without Trey White so Mm. that that is a big storyline and and the Patriots I'm sure are going to try to take advantage of that they know how to attack a weak spot so that's definitely something to uh to keep in mind should be fun though uh i'm sure we'll probably talk about a little bit uh, on wednesday in the meantime for us that is it we are done we appreciate you hanging out with the nfl fantasy football show you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember it shouldn't be called after dark when it's really after light be safe take care of yourselves get vaccinated and we will see you on wednesday You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.